Welcome back to another week of the JRM Sydney podcast. We hope as you listen into the word today that you will be inspired and empowered and that your eyes will be open to something new. God bless always. Good morning, church. Good morning. Uh, this stage is really daunting. <laughs> yeah. How are you guys so far? Good, good, good. Okay. Um, I'm so excited uh, for today, but yeah, you can sense I think my nervousness. Uh, but as we continue our series, um, what's our not series? Commission the church. Mm. 
and how the Holy Spirit helped the attack. Are you ready? So let's turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 3 as we begin with the study of how the Holy Spirit restores the broken. Acts chapter 3 records the first miracle of early Christians. This is when Peter healed a 40-year-old crippled layman sitting outside the beautiful gate. 40-year-old. For 40 years, this layman sitting outside the beautiful gate every day, day by day, every year, year by year, under the same situation, yeah. caught up in the same hopeless situation, no hope for change, with the same problem. With the same problem. Mm. But ironically, you can also Notice in here that this man is sitting at the beautiful gate. And they said this beautiful gate is indeed beautiful because it's made up of Corinthian brass, 75 feet high, double doors, so breathtaking, so stunning. He's just sitting outside there. He couldn't, he could look inside, but he could not come in. He could not move. Yeah. He see people walking towards that temple. Towards the temple to what? With joy and excitement to meet God. Walking towards the temple. But he's there. Just sitting outside. Broken. Wow. This man has no ability to rescue himself. He was caught in a cycle of hopelessness. Mm. Right? But then, when he saw Peter, what did Peter say? Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I can give you. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. And you can see here how this man's situation changed. This man's situation changed when God's people walk up into this man's situation, when the Holy Spirit sent forth Peter and John at the right exact spot where this man is held up into this cycle of brokenness. Church, the Lord can use you to change another man's situation. Wow, yes. The Lord can use you to change another situation. And the good thing is that not only that this man able to stand up, he was able to walk. He was able to walk, jump up, and what? Living in joy and praising God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. He can turn what? He can turn our hopelessness and turn it to what? Into total hopefulness in him. Man. This man was spiritually broken and yet he found wholeness in Christ. And there's a similar story as that of this same man by the name Nick Butcher. Who knows oh, Nick Butcher? Yes. And we probably know him. He was born what? Nick Butcher was born with 
born without limbs. Yeah. He's the same as his name beggar. Trapped in the same similar hopeless situation. You know when he was at eight years old, he tried to drown himself at the bathtub. He was asking Jesus, why? Why God he did not why God he took my arms and legs? Why God to give others? Why God didn't give me what others, what everybody else has? Why Lord? But you know what? After he met Jesus, yes, he's still a man without legs. But he is dipping in joy. This man was spiritually broken, and yet he found wholeness in Christ. And today, you know, Nick has been used tremendously touching the lives of many people. He spoke to about 2,000 times and across 44 countries. And that's yeah. the work of the Holy Spirit yes. in his life. That's the Holy Spirit work. Yeah. And what did he say? You don't know what God can do on your broken pieces until you give God your broken pieces. Hallelujah. Man. Are you broken today? Yes. Yes. Are you broken today? Thank you. Just bring your broken pieces to me. God can turn your broken pieces into His masterpiece. God can turn your broken pieces into His masterpiece. Nick also was in deep brokenness. But his story brings inspiration to all. The Holy Spirit will not just what? Will not just heal us. Will not just make us whole. But what? But will use us to inspire others. Hallelujah. To inspire others. Mm. And now, he knows the answer to his question, why? Why God took his arms and legs? Why? It is done. So that what? So that the works of the Holy Spirit will be mm. Wow. And it's the same as that of the name man. It is the same. Because right after that first miracle, people were so fascinated. And they were just fascinated and astounded by the words of the Lord. And the word spread so fast. And the church grew, added about additional 5,000 wow, in the church. 5,000 were saved because of that miracle. The Lord can use your brokenness. Turn it into hope and use it to expand this kingdom. Amen. 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 And not just the Lord, not, not, it, the Lord is not just, you know, wanting us to restore from our brokenness. Mm. The Lord wants also to liberate us. Liberate us. His people from imprisonment. To unchain us. Unchain the captives and set us free. Amen? Amen. There are numerous stories also in the book of Acts alone stating how apostles were liberated from imprisonment. Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 5 records when Peter, sorry, when apostles were actually arrested by the Sadducees because they were so jealous about the growing Christian community. Yeah. At night, the Lord sent an angel to just open the door and free them up. 
There was another story in Acts chapter 12 when Peter was what? When Peter was arrested by King Herod. And what happened? At night, similarly, he sent what? He sent an angel to open up the prison door and stay and free up Peter. And we all know the story of Paul and Silas, Acts chapter yeah. 16, right? Yes. You know, after praying and worshiping in the prison cell, the Lord just opened up, and I, the Lord just sent an earthquake to what? To just, you know, fill the, the prison cell yeah. away and let them stay. Amen? Yeah. That's how the works of the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. Amen. Over and over, the Lord is showing his faithfulness in his people, in his apostles, that they can, that he is always there to liberate them out from captivity. Mm. Now for us, church, let us also take a moment to think about what are the things we want the Lord to liberate us from them. Amen. Mm. Or probably, let's take a moment to think, what has the Lord has done in our lives? Probably the Lord has already unchained us from our past pains. The Lord has liberated us from the power of depression and anxiety. We are all work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? We are here because we are all work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Yes. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. We have been delivered out from our past and set us free from our own shackles and activity. That's true. And if the enemy is trying to chain us back, the Holy Spirit will remind us what? Of the truth. That what? That you are already sealed. Yes. You are already sealed. Mm. You are God's own possession. Yes. And that's the, one of the power of the Holy Spirit as well. And that's what, what I'm going to go into for my second point, my third point. Mm. He will help us to attest the truth, to affirm the truth in us. Yes. As we move on to chapter 7 and act of Acts chapter 7, there will be introduced to the first martyr of the church, mm. Stephen. Right? Stephen was what? Was boldly Yes. And what? The religious leaders angered because of that testimony, it angered the religious leaders and dragged him out and stole him into death without even a trial. You could probably learn something from these religious leaders. They have heard the truth. The Bible said that they are also the same religious leaders who who also persecuted Jesus. Yeah. They probably heard, heard, heard the truth multiple times. Mm, yeah. But they, what, they were spiritually dead. Yeah. And their ears are shut. Mm. You could be the most knowledgeable person in the Word of God. This religious leaders know Sora, Old Testament, inside and out. Mm. There was no revelation. Yeah. Zero understanding. Only the spirit of truth will help us to understand the truth. Amen. Only the spirit of truth That's true. will help us to understand the truth. Who has heard the story of Nabil Qureshi? 
Nabil Qureshi is one of the Christian apologists, Timothy of Ravi Sankaraya. He was one, he was, he came from a Pakistani family, an Islamic family, convert from Islam. And his family migrated to America. And he came from a very devout Muslim family that his, his great-grandparents, his grandparents, his parents, you know, spent their lives in Indonesia preaching Islam. This is how this man is so drawn to Islam. His identity, his, his identity is, is based on Islam. Yeah. He even read the book of Quran at the age of five. And when he was on his 11th grade, he met a Christian friend. And then his Christian friend asked him, Hey, Bill, have you heard about Jesus? And he said, Oh yeah, yes. According to Quran, Jesus is burning born. According to Quran, Jesus cleansed the lepers. According to Quran, Jesus raised the dead. According to Quran, Jesus does miracles. According to Quran, Jesus is the Messiah. According to Quran, Jesus will come back at the end of time. Yeah, I believe those. But the thing that I don't believe is that Jesus is God. Because where in your Bible that it says Jesus is God? Then he said, what about when you say, the Father and I? The Father is greater than I. What about when you say, no one knows the days and the hour, only the Father? Mm, yeah. That is how this man is so zealous about Islam. That what? That he can flip an invitation to what? To draw people to Islam. This is how this man is so drawn to Islam. How about us? Probably we can learn something from his friend. Because are we prepared, you know, to be placed in that position to defend our faith? Do we really know what we believe? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do we really know what we believe? Mm -hmm. Now we can say we are a Christian. We are a follower of Christ, but if you don't know how to do how to defend Jesus' divinity and deity, then how do we expect people to believe and to listen to our testimony yeah. and to the message of Christ? And that is why the Holy Spirit is very important because the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the truth, Amen. will help us to attest. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. But his story did not end there. Don't worry. During his university, he, he again met a Christian friend. His Christian friend reading a Bible. And then he challenged his Christian friend. He said, How do you know the authenticity of your Bible with all its versions and its many, many various versions? How do you know? And of course, they disagree, agree, disagree, but they agree to end, ended up, they agree to what? To study the authenticity of the Bible. And so many years passed by, their conclusion was, his 
conclusion was the authenticity of the Bible cannot be disputed. Yes. Mm. The evidence of authenticity of the Bible is so strong. Mm. Then he come back to his friend again and he said, but still, I can't grasp the truth that Jesus is God. Mm. And so his friend challenged him again, why don't you test it? And so he investigated further, he, he investigated the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus because if Jesus did not die and rose again, then it's a good case to disprove that Jesus is God. And so he studied it. And again, years passed by. He ended up with the conclusion what? That he cannot dispute Jesus Christ's divinity. But then, he still couldn't grasp it. Logically, is sensible. He still couldn't grasp it. And so he came back to his friend, and his friend challenged him, why don't you apply the same level of criticism and investigation to Islam and Muhammad? So he studied, okay? He studied Islam, and he studied, you know, the life of Muhammad. And again, years passed by, so his journey is not only a one-year one sitting experience. He ended up in a conclusion that Christianity and the life of Jesus, the evidence of Christianity and the life of Jesus is here, whereas the evidence of Islam and the life of Muhammad is here. But then, still couldn't able to have the courage, the heart of fire to stand for the truth. And you know what? One day, one day he was praying, and suddenly he felt a deep pain in his heart because he knows Jesus is calling him to obey him and follow him. And he was mourning and he was in crying because he knows if he decide to follow Jesus, if he tell his family to follow Jesus, that's it. Yeah. He will be this yeah. And he was mourning, he was trying to comfort, he was trying to find comfort from God. And then he opened up Quran. And he's trying to ask Allah to find comfort from him. But he couldn't find anything that says that Allah is a God of comfort. And so he opened up the Bible, set aside him, opened up the Bible. And for the first time, he opened it up not for criticism. He opened it up for what? Just for asking Jesus, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Mm, wow. And then he opened it up at the New Testament, the first book, Matthew. He read it. Mm. Not long after, come chapter 5 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Wow. Mm. He just felt the comforting love of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is just revealing Jesus to him at that time. Wow. And suddenly everything makes sense. Amen. Everything wow. makes sense. It's because of the revelation of the Holy Spirit in his life. It's because of that revelation. And you know what? With his journey, this is the title of his book. He wrote that book. Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. That's where his journey, he wrote his journey about 
out to search and find Jesus. Yeah. And just like the day, you know, we might be hearing the word of the Lord, attending church many times. The truth might be so evidently true in the surface. So true in the surface. But until you have that revelation, Amen. Yes. until you have that encounter from yeah. God, I'm afraid, church, that probably these are all just being planted to us. Shallow without roots. That's why our dependence to the Holy Spirit is important. Yes. Because it helps us what? To fully understand the truth. And it should be anchored to our faith that is genuine. And that is what is the chapter 8 is all about. Because there in chapter 8, we will be introducing to how the how the apostle was commissioned outside of Jerusalem. And also there's a great contrast between a genuine faith and a non-genuine faith. So at the book at chapter 8, that's when the church basically begun their first commission. And it and the birth of that commission is a result of Stephen's martyrdom. Yes. We all know that. Persecution what? Pushes away Christians outside Jerusalem. It did not stop Christianity, but it becomes, it served as a catalyst to yes. expand yes. and spread the gospel. And so Philip, Philip who is called Philip the Evangelist, because he's the first one who evangelized outside Jerusalem. He came, he go, he went to Samaria. Samarians at that time, they're basically drawn to a name, a man named Simon. Simon the sorcerer. And Simon basically uses dark magic to draw people towards him. And so people so are so gravitated to him. And he even, and, and Samaritans even called him as the great power of God. And so when Philip arrived there, that is the situation. But then when Philip, when Philip shared the good news, shared the gospel, people saw the powerful movement of the Holy Spirit. They were fascinated. Both men and women, what? Get baptized and yeah. believe. Yeah. Including Simon. Simon got baptized. And then he followed Philip and saw and witnessed the great miracles that he did. And so the news reached all the way to Jerusalem. And Peter and John fled to learning that Samarians accepted the gospel. Peter and John fled to Samaria to what? To, to, to pray for them. So Peter and John went to Samaria and laid their hands on the Samarians to receive the Holy Spirit. Mm. And again, the power of movement has been manifested in Simon saw it. And so Simon came to Peter with a bunch of money, offering to Peter what? He said, hey Peter, would you give me the same ability? Would you give me the same ability? So that whoever I touch my or I lay my hands 
pray will receive the Holy Spirit. And Simon Peter rebuked him. Peter said, May your money perish with you. Who are you to think that you can buy the Holy Spirit? You don't have a place in this ministry. Repent of your wickedness. And I believe Simon is a, a good example of a non-genuine believer. He's a good example of a non-genuine believer. He even followed Philip. He even got baptized. He personally see and witness the movement of the Lord, the works of the Holy Spirit. Heard the news multiple times. But he doesn't fully understand it. True faith and true worship comes from our revelation. If it doesn't come from a revelation, if it is not a response from a revelation, then probably it's just a performance, not worship. No, we might be dancing, singing, clapping, but it should not be a response from nice personality. If it is not a response from a revelation, then probably it's not faith. Probably it's just emotion. Because it feels good. Because it feels good. You don't go to church because it feels good. Because what if a time of testing, trials, persecution comes? How will you respond? How will you respond? That's why it's good to know what is really our deciding moment that brought us faith in Jesus. Wow, yes, that's true. It's good to know that. Yeah. You should know that. What is your decision? What is your deciding factor? Why are you are here? Mm. It, shouldn't, it should not be founded by blessings. Yeah. It should not be founded by what? By miracles. Mm. But just be being amazed by the church mm. like Simon. Mm. Right? You could be attending church, hearing the word of God, raising up your hands. But until you have a fresh revelation, yeah. until you have a yeah. fresh encounter, yes. until you have a fresh taste, until you yes. yes, preach it. Amen. I'm afraid we won't fully understand it. And now here's a great contrast because right after that story in Samaria, Philip went, goes straight ahead to Gaza. And on his way to Gaza, he was traveling in the desert. The Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, Go over the dark chariot of the Ethiopian women. Then he, go, he went over, he saw the eunuch was reading the book of Isaiah about the prophecy of Jesus. And then Philip shares the good news. And then suddenly, you, the eunuch just, wow, understand it. At first he couldn't understand, but then when he received, he understood it. Everything makes sense to him. Yeah. Mm. And then he, he believed and he got 
met Jesus in the desert. Why desert? Sometimes the Lord has to place us in the dry land so that we may recognize that only in Him we can find living water. Yes. Yes. God has to place us in a dry season so that there is no other choice for us but to turn our face on Him. God placed us in a desert position so that what? So that He can work deeper in our lives. Israelites were what? Were led by God to build a nation in the desert. Moses what? Moses encountered God. In the desert. In the yeah. burning bush. In the desert. Yeah. Elijah, in his deep fear and in his deep agony. Yeah. Agony or depression. He met God. He encountered God in the desert. Yeah. The Lord placed us in the desert to crucify our flesh so that we may recognize that only in Him we can find the source, our source of identity, Amen. our yes. source of value, yes. and our source of purpose. Only in Him. Only in Him. And you know why? Why you need? the first 
first name man, the first healing of the crippled man, Acts chapter 3, another 5,000 were saved. So in this case, Acts chapter 5, the earth was so big, to grew about to about 8,000 members. Imagine, yeah. 8,000 members. Wow. And so Peter, who personally know Ananias and Sapphira, we can safely assume that either one is only a possible scenario. Either they have administrative position in the church, yeah. or either they are looking for position in the church. And so what happened was, that's the first scenario. The second scenario is that at that time, because of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, people were so drawn to what? To people were so drawn to to sell and to be part of that powerful moment in selling properties and to donate to donate to the church. And so Sapphira and Ananias sold their piece of land and donated just a portion of it. Just a portion. But then when Peter knew about it. Peter asked them why they allowed Satan to have a foothold in their hearts. What was the scenario? This couple basically trying to deceive Peter and trying to de deceive, the, deceive the church to have to deceive the church by saying that they have actually donated 100% of the same price of the land. And because of that, they were stopped. Wow. Wow. When I was studying this story, I was just like, do I really want you to share this story? <laughs> this is a dumbest story. <laughs> give, me, give me wisdom to share this. <laughs> but we have, because God is a God of mercy and God is, you're a God of mercy. Why did you do this? Yeah. But we have to examine what, why, why do we see such kind of judgment? We have to carefully understand this one. First, definitely, it's not a matter of faith. It's not a matter of faith. Peter said there, it is, it is your property. It is upon your disposal. They don't even decide not to sell it. No one forced them to sell it. No one forced them to sell it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they have a hundred percent freedom to decide how much they want to give to yes, the church right. cheerfully. Yes. It's not a matter of giving. Yeah. This is also not a matter of lying, so mm. because we know in the Bible there are bunch of stories about lying. Like for example, Jacob. Mm. Jacob lied and pretended to be Esau. They want they this couple conspire to deceive the 
Yeah, they are trying to play politics. They are trying to get yeah. favor in the eyes of the apostles to gain power and position yeah. in the church. That's their motive. And that's why the Lord has to step in and seize it and help it. Yeah. Remember the story of Eli's son, Hopi and Penelas? Yes. What happened there? Yeah. Hopi and Penelas, they were what? They were eating the same offering. Mm. They were sons of the priest Eli. They yeah. were eating the same offering. Before the same offering being offered, they eat the best portion of the meat. Mm. They defile the same offering. And they also receive the same judgment. Wow. We know why sin offering is very important to the Lord. Mm. Because only through sin offering, He can commune with us. Yes. His church. Yeah. That's why He doesn't allow such defilement. Yeah. Mm. Those people came to the temple court wanting to meet God and someone had to defile it. It's a violation of that. That's right. Of the ultimate objective of the Lord. We know that from the very beginning, the Lord has been in great desperation. What? Mm. To what? To be with us. To be with us. To be with us. Yes. To mend the broken relationship. And even what? Has to sacrifice his own son to be able to what? To be with us. To get us back. Yeah. That's how serious our God is. Yeah. And that's why any violation, any attack of his church, any attack of his church, that will what? That will stop his and what? Violate his objective to commune with his people. Uh, yeah. He won't allow that. Yeah. Mm. God will never allow to attack his church. Yeah. Mm. That's how serious our God is. And his story, Ananias, and his story should not doubt us. They should not scare us. But it should give us a hundred percent security with our God. Amen. Mm. That our God is hundred percent serious to protect you, mm. Mm. to protect His wow. church, Man. to protect His temple. Wow. Are you getting this church? Yes. The Lord is serious to protect you. Man. It was basically an attack to His church, and the Holy Spirit gave Peter the sermon. Yes. The Lord is always there to protect 
Thank you for joining us in today's episode and we hope that we will have you again in the next one. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance, His smile over you and give you peace. Shalom. God bless you.